You are listening to a message from the Living Word community in Center City, Philadelphia. We are followers of Jesus Christ, called to love God and love people, to share Jesus and help people experience true life change that can only come from knowing Him. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Guess I'm up. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just come before you. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and love that you show us every day, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for just just being able to be here today, Lord. Um, Just being able to... um, Worship you, Lord, together, um, Lord, here in, at 142, Lord, but also, Lord, on Zoom, Lord Jesus, I just pray, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, just reveal yourself, Lord, today. Continue to reveal yourself today in our midst, in Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. Oh, hope everyone's doing well today. Uh, Everyone here, everyone out in Zoom land. Um, so, we've been reading through the, the book of Proverbs, and it's been really good. You learn a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, but today I want to talk about becoming a friend, a true friend. Amen? You know, there's <laughs> becoming a true friend. All right? Uh, there are like so many different songs where, you know, talks about friends and things like that. You know, there's old songs, you know, uh, with a little help from my friends, you know. What would you do if I sang out of tune? That, that song, you know. Would you stand up and walk out on me? I know people do that all the time to me. I understand. I understand. You know, or, th- you know, what's that, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got a friend. Uh, um, uh, thank you for being a friend. You know, the Golden Girls theme song? Thank you for being a friend. You know, lean on me. Uh, you know, lean on me when you're not strong. Uh, then the old um, uh, Michael W. Smith song. You know, and friends are friends forever if the Lord's the Lord of them. You know, we hear different songs all the time all over the place where, you know, it talks about friendships, talks about friends and things like that. You know, we hear over and over again that dogs are man's best friend, right? And I've never had a dog or a cat or a hamster. But we, had a, we had a fish that acted like a dog, but I don't think that really counts that much. But, you know, actually there are many things we can learn about friendship from a, from a, from a, by, from a dog. You know, uh, let me share some things that, that you can learn from dogs. Some canine coachings for you, right? It's like, when a loved one comes home, always run to greet them. Never pass up an opportunity to go for a joy ride, <laughs> right? Let others know when they've invaded your territory. Be loyal. If what you want is burned, buried, dig it, dig until you find it. 
When someone is having a bad day, be silent, sit close by, and nuzzle them, nuzzle them gently. Avoid biting when the simple growl will do. And when you're happy, dance around and wag your, wag your whole body. Not just your tail, your whole body. All right? You know, there's a guy named Dr. Wilfred Funk who published dictionaries of all things. And he was asked one time to list 10 of the most expressive words in the English language. And here's some that jumped out at me. He said, the most comforting word is faith. The most, the most reverent word is mother. The most saddest is forgotten. The most beautiful is love. The most bitter word is alone. And the warmest is friendship. I think he's right, especially with the last two, alone and friendship. You know, each of us has, each of us, we've been created to, for companionship with God and with others. We, never, we were never designed to, to function in complete isolation. We need community, right? Amen? You know, sometimes we think God, God's, God is only concerned with, with spiritual matters. But the, but the truth is, Jesus died in our place, not uh, only to restore our relationship with God, but also to firm our friendships uh, with other people. We need to firm those up as well. In fact, the Bible has just as much to say about um, interpersonal relationships as it does about theology and doctrine. You know, during our, our reading in Proverbs the, this past month, we've, we've been reminded to seek after wisdom uh, with everything we've got, you know, to, to watch our words, to, to implement, you know, God's wisdom in our finances and our family. You know, but this morning we're going to focus on how to be, become a true friend, how to become friends, right? Because it talks a lot about that as well. You know, a young man sat down and, and wrote, to write a, a letter to his father and, and hoping to get some money out of him. And he said, he wrote, Dear Dad, I'm, I'm 100 miles from home, I'm flat broke, and, and I have no friends. It's like, what should I do? And the dad wrote back, Dear son, Make some new friends. Needs friends. That's, that's not easy to do, is it? How do you make new friends? You know, I'm convinced that worthwhile friendships are, are, are not simply found, they're made. You make friendships. You know, while we can't, you know, pick our families, we can choose our friends. You know, in Proverbs, so today... We're going to go through Proverbs, a lot of different Proverbs, but um, so you can follow along with, you, with, with me in your Bible. You know, I'm going to be turning back and forth because Proverbs are, you know, little blurbs that, you know, we can, you know, stick in our lives and they're really good. And so, um, uh, so Proverbs 12:26 tells us to be careful and deliberate about the kinds of friends we choose. They're all going to be up behind me, so it's up to you. You know, it says, a righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The reason we need to be careful is because we, we, we often become just like the people um, 
just like the people we hang around with, according to Proverbs uh, 13, 20, 20, it says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but, the, but a companion of fools suffers harm. We need to watch out for who we hang out, hang out with. This last phrase literally means those who hang out with fools will be broken. You know, the Apostle Paul um, picked up on this when he wrote in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's so true. You know, casual friends are a result of circumstances. Close friends are the result of choice. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen states, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart, right? The Living Bible states is a little different, right? And it states that what, we, what you and I have learned over, from experience. It states that a mirror reflects a man's face, but what, he, what, what he's really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. What you're really like is is shown by the friends you choose, the type of friends you choose. The closer I am to a person, the greater the impact he or she has on my life. Now, I I must choose my friends carefully. We need to choose our friends carefully, recognizing the power of a friendship to either that either builds up or breaks us down. Proverbs describes at, at, at least three types of friends. Three types of these friends, right? There's a, there are fatal friends, they're faithful friends, and a forever friend. Now, fatal friends, you know, some people, you know, are selfish, right? Well, we all struggle with self-centeredness. It's really tough to build a relationship with people who always think of only themselves. You know those people? You know, in Proverbs 18.1, it says, an unfriendly man pursues selfish ends. He denies all sound judgment. How many friends do you know, of people that you know, are really selfish, only think about themselves, only talk about themselves all the time? And you're like, please stop it, you know, <laughs> I don't need to hear it, no, but, um, uh, so yeah, you have those friends, and some, the fatal friends, they will, some will use you, right, in Proverbs 19.4, it says, wealth brings many friends, but a poor man's friend deserts him, the word deserts means, it refers to being out of joint with someone, those who, who use you will eventually break things off uh, when they've taken everything that they've wanted. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone who, uh, who is only interested in what he or she could get from you? I have. I don't know about you guys. It doesn't feel really good. If you're in a relationship with that, like this, put your foot down and, and refuse to be taken advantage of anymore. That's what we need to do. And some, some fatal friends will gossip about you. 
Proverbs 20:19 provides some very practical wisdom uh, when you're in a friendship with someone who, who loves to spill, spill the beans about you to others. You know, it says, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Or woman. All right, no. Avoid someone who talks too much. And, and the image here is a vivid in Hebrews, right? In Hebrew, the, in, the, in, in the Hebrew language. The phrase betraying confidence was used to describe the, the stripping off of, of armor and the clothing of captives. Now, if, if you ever experienced the, the agony of gossip, you know, you can attest to feeling vulnerable and defenseless. You don't have to put you know, put up with, you don't have to put up with, with people stripping uh, you of your dignity and, and with their venomous, like, you know, words, the words that they say that, that tear you down. Some will lead you astray. And I have friends when I was young, you know, that loved to throw, like, snowballs at cars and police cars as they, as they drove by, you know, and I can't confirm or deny that I ever, you know, did this, but you know, I was with, but I was with my friends when they did, you know, and that wasn't very bright. But if I've ever joined in, you know, it was because I thought that it was cool or I felt pressured, you know. I remember uh, when I was in elementary school. Oh, terrible. Um, we were on a trip to, to Center City. I was, I don't know what grade I was in, maybe fifth grade or something like that. And we were on a trip to Center City and, uh, I think we were going to Franklin Institute, I think. I don't remember. And we were on the trolley. We were on the trolley, uh, and, um, some of us were sitting in the back of the trolley and someone pulled out a marker and they started to do graffiti on the back of the, of the trolley. And we were all just sitting back there, you know, we were just talking and being, we were all together, and some of the guys did it, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I know for sure. But we all got in trouble because we were all together. We were all together, and we all got in trouble. <laughs> and I just remember standing in the principal's office, and oh, my goodness. And my mother worked for the school, so you know I was in trouble. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I was there, and it was not it was not good, just to say. <laughs> but, you know, but when you hang out with people who do bad things, you know, we learn to do the same things ourselves or we get in trouble because we're with those people that do, this, do these bad things. Um, you know, listen to the, the words of Proverbs 22, 24 to 25, right? It says, do not make friends with, hot-tempered, with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with, um, with, with one easily angered. Or you may learn his ways and do get, get, in, get yourself ensnared. You know, when you spend time with someone who's with a bad temper, right, chances are you'll end up, you know, getting into unnecessary situations. You, they'll, that'll rub off on you. You'll end up getting into, you know, taking swings during, you know, when it's not necessary. Or you get into arguments that, that's not necessary, you know. Th- that's what happens when we hang around with people you know, who, who are, are hot-tempered or, or angered, or you hang out with people who are, uh, are, have a bad attitude or do bad things, you know, you get caught up in the things that they do as well. 
You know, some of you are involved in some, in some stuff right now because you're simply following a fatal friend. Peer pressure is not a new phenomenon. It's not something new. You know, I experienced it. I'm sure my parents experienced it. You know, according to, even back then, it was, it was back in the days of, of, of King Solomon and Proverbs, it's been around for a long time. Don't think it's anything new, you young folk. You know, just let you know. In Proverbs 23, uh, 19 to 21, it says, Listen, my son, and be wise, and keep your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat or, or, or drunkards or, and gluttons. You know, this can, this can also uh, refer to those who, who, who with loose morals as well, right? Become, or they, you know, become poor and, and, drowsiness, um, and drowsiness clothes them with rags. That's what it says. You know, don't hang around those people. In Proverbs 24, 21 to 22, it continues in, the same, in that same line. It says, fear the Lord and the king, my son, and do not join with the rebellious. For those, for those two will send sudden destruction upon them, and who knows what calamities can bring. While this applies to everyone, everyone here, you know, I want to say a few things to, you know, the young people here. You know, the junior high, senior high, college age. Be careful with the friends you choose. Be very careful with the friends you choose. You know, some of you are being led down the wrong path as you're pressured by your peers, you know, who are being selfish, who are using you. Um, who stab you with their words and behind your back. Just as you can choose to make a friend, to create a friendship, you can also choose to break it off. Just to give you a little bit of word of advice. All right? So with the, fat the fatal friend, you also have the faithful friend. Faithful friends, you know, it's not, a, it's not just enough to avoid fatal friendships. We need to, to know how, we need to be involved in redemptive relationships as well. Um, when Howard Hughes was worth about four billion dollars, right? You know, he reportedly said, I, "I give it all for one good friend. Give it up all, give it all up for one good friend." You know, Proverbs provides us uh, with a, a, just basically a, a picture of what a faithful friend looks like, right? So, number one, the faithful friend is loving. He's loving. Proverbs 17, 17, you know, sums up uh, the first quality of a faithful friend. A friend loves at all times, right? Amen? A loving friend is someone who, who knows all about you and likes you just the same. I mean, I see it all the time in sports where, where someone makes a big mistake, Right? And, and they cost the play, or even the game. And, and the other players come around them and, 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 and stands by them and encourages them, sticks by them. You know, um, 
A faithful friend loves at all times, even when, even when we make mistakes. You know, a faithful friend lets you know that you're a valuable member of God's team, that you're on God's team, you're a valuable member. A friend who loves hangs in there when you feel like crawling into a hole. You know, when the Steelers quarterback, uh, Terry Bradshaw, was inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, he mentioned other players who had played with him and said, the honor would mean nothing to me uh, at all if I didn't have people who loved me. Do you unconditionally love those God has placed on your team? The people that God has placed in your life, your family, your friends, the people that, that the Lord has placed in Do you un unconditionally love them? Do you love them? Number two, a, a faithful friend is consistent. He's consistent. A faithful friend loves you and is also someone you can count on. In, in, 27, in Proverbs 27.10, it says, Do not forsake your friend and the friend of your father. It's not the first part of that. but It says to, to not forsake means that a consistent friend doesn't, feel, doesn't let you go or, or turn their back on you. He or she is dependable. A friend is, a, a, a friend is someone who, who thinks you're a good egg, you know, even though you're a little cracked, right? That's a friend. That's a good friend. Marie and I have been blessed with uh, some fantastic friendships over the years. To this day, we count our, you know, a, a lot of our best friends, you know, those who, you know, who are steady and dependable. You know, we know that whether we see them, you know, every week or every day or whatever or every couple of years that we know that we can count on them and they can count on us. You know, British uh, publication once offered a prize uh, for the best definition of a friend. You know, of, of, among the thousands of, of answers received, the winning one read, a friend is the one who comes in when the whole world goes out. A friend is one who comes in when the whole world goes out. Consistent, dependable, there for you. Another thing is a, a faithful friend is forgiving. Forgiving. A true test of a friendship is what, is what I call the forgiveness factor. You know, when we, when we spend time with people, you know, we inevitably hurt them. You know, either intentionally or unintentionally. A faithful friend is someone who will cut... <laughs> cut you some slack, you know, and forgive you for what you've done without bringing it back up in your face. Proverbs 17, 9 says, he who covers over offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So if somebody hurts you, you know, forgive them and don't bring it up. Again, because if you forgive them, you forgive them, right? Right? 
Okay. All right. You know, if you really want to know who a friend is, who, who your friends are, you know, just make a mistake. Just make a mistake and you'll know. So, a friend is confidential. That's number four. A faithful friend is one who doesn't share your secrets with others. How about that one? You don't gossip, right? Proverbs eleven thirteen says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. There was a survey uh, taken of more than 40,000, you know, American people, people. And the quality most valued in a friend is the, abil- the ability to keep, thing- to keep things confidential. I mean, do you have a friend you can be, who you can be completely real with? Do you put things in a vault, you know, when someone shares something with you? You know, George uh, Eliot wrote, uh, Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with a person, having neither to weigh thoughts nor measure words, but to pour them all out just as they are, chaff and grain together, knowing that a faithful hand will take and sift them, keep what is worth keeping, and then with the breath of kindness blow the rest away. So take, you know, take it in, take what you keep what's good, and you just blow the rest away. Confident, confidential. Number five is sharpening. So a true friend is one who helps you become who God made you to be. Helps you become who God made you to be. Proverbs 27, 17. We all know this verse. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Someone once said that um, a friend is one who knows you, knows you as you are, understands where you've been, accepts who you've become, and will gently invite you to grow. We all need friends who, who will sharpen us by giving advice and counsel. We all need that. You know, 27.9 says, uh, Proverbs 27.9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's, fr- of one's friend springs from the earnest counsel. We need to sharpen each other. We need to be able to say stuff and receive it. Amen? You know, in his book, uh, Restoring Our Faithful Passion, you know, George MacDonald describes five uh, types of people that we come in contact with, right? There are VRPs, right? These are very resourceful people, and they ignite our passion. They're VIPs, very important people. They share our passion. They're VTPs, right? They're very trainable people, and they catch our passion. 
And they're very VNPs, which are very nice people. They enjoy our passion, right? And then VDPs, very draining people, <laughs> and they, they sap our passion, right? So in order to have balance in our lives, we need to make sure that we're not overloaded with one or two of these people. One or two of these types of people. We, we, you know, we need friends that, that are resourceful and important because they sharpen us. The trainable, and to a lesser extent, the nice and the draining people are whom we can sharpen. In other words, we, we, we should have friends who rub off on us in a good way, and we should be rubbing off on others without letting them rub us the wrong way. That make sense? All right. We should have friends who rub off on us in a good way, and we should be rubbing off on others without letting them rub us the wrong way. You just need to repeat that. All right. <laughs> All right, so number six, sensitive. The faithful friend is sensitive. A faithful friend is also one who, who uh, is aware of the needs of others. They know when to give a space and when to, to offer grace, right? Now, Proverbs 25, 17 says, Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house too much, and he will hate you, right? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that means we shouldn't spend every waking moment at our friends or, or they will be they get tired of us. Say it. I mean, not me. I don't get tired of anybody, really. You know, familiarity can breed contempt. That's what, basically what it's saying. But it's funny because that was me. Where I, I remember when uh, uh, people used to go here, go, go live with Burton Bubbles, right? Burton and I were really close. And we were good friends and stuff. And... I remember, I used to be at their house all the time, all the time. I mean, and it was bad. Uh, but, and so we would just hang out and whatever, watch TV, you know, whatever, get wings, whatever. And I remember, I know, I know Bubbles was like, he, he, she came home one time, she's like, he's here again? I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, it's time for me to, you know, just back off a little bit. You know, but, uh, but yeah, I remember that. Uh, but yeah, but you know, you can be friends. Yes, great. You know, spend a lot of time together. You know, but you don't have to be there all the time, right? So I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but be honest with people. Be honest as well. A faithful friend is is not afraid to tell the truth when they, when we need to hear it. You know, the truth telling uh, can be a good thing. You know, if delivered in the right spirit and received with the right attitude. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, as Oscar Wilde said, you know, a true friend always stabs you in the front. All right? Not in the back. All right. No, false friends butter, you, butter us up in order, you know, in order to slice us away. You know, slice away at us. You know, they cut us up. You know, they butter us up first and then cut us up. But yeah, but a true friend, you know, right here in the front. No. But faithful friends speak the truth for our benefit and also for uh, 
uh, for theirs, according to Proverbs 28 and 23. It says, he who rebukes a man will, be, will in, in the end gain more favor than he who is, has a flattering tongue. No, I'll always be thankful for the wounds my friends have, have, have set my way over the years. Always thankful. Because they have challenged me and pushed me in my spiritual journey over the years. My spiritual journey, my physical journey, whatever it might be, I'm challenged by the words that people say. If you be honest with me, you know, that way I know where I need to change, right? I'll be honest with you. How about that? <laughs> you know? But have you given your friends permission to be honest with you? Do you tell the truth to your friends? That was a faithful friend. We've gone through a fatal friend, a faithful friend, but now we're going to talk about a forever friend. Amen? No, a faithful friend is much better to have than a fatal one. And friendships must be cultivated and maintained in order for them to last, right? But if you want to have a good friend, I must, you know, we must work at being a good friend. You know, having said that, all of our friends, every single one, will ultimately disappoint us. They, they will disappoint us, every single one. They'll let us down. Your friends have unintentionally and maybe intentionally hurt you, failed you, or made you mad. If that hasn't happened yet, it will. Trust me, it will. And they will. They should, it, it, that should come as no surprise because that's how God set it up. So let's turn to our Bibles to Proverbs 18, 24. It says, A man of many compa companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The phrase come to ruin literally means to break in pieces by a blow. It's the same word used in Daniel 2.40. It says where we read the, of the legs of Nebuchadnezzar's image being destroyed and ground to powder. It's the same word. The teaching of the first part of this verse is that there is no, there's a limitation uh, to all the human relationships that we'll have. A person with many companions or a few of close friends, doesn't matter, can still be broken into pieces by the blows of life. Do some of you here feel like you must have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it might be or to find happiness? Or do you feel like, you know, you would truly be content only if you, you know, get married or, uh, or, have, or have kids or whatever it might be? If that's you, remember this. You know, some of the most miserable people in the world are those who have pinned their hopes or for, for, for fulfillment in, on other people to have those people fail them, right? 
You know, we pin our hopes on things, pin our hopes on other people, and those people fail us. But God created you uh, with a void in your life that cannot be filled by relationships. He longs for you to find what you're looking for uh, in a friendship with his son, Jesus Christ. He is the missing piece. He's what you've been looking for. Who's, he's what we've all been looking for. The key word in this verse is the word but. Even though our friends can wipe us out, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend whose friendship has no limitations. There's a friendship that cannot be broken. No matter how intimate our friends are, that friendship is severed at death. You pass over to eternity, you know, without your friend, without your spouse, without your brothers or your sisters. We need a forever friend, one who will never leave us or forsake us. Amen? You know, this passage is declaring that Jesus Christ sticks closer than any other friend or family member. The word sticks literally means cleave or adhere and refers to the soldering or joining of two metals together. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we're, we're welded to him forever. Just think about that. We're welded to him forever and nothing can separate us from him. Nothing can separate us. You know, Charles Spurgeon once said, you know, he who uh, would be happy here <clears throat> must have friends, and he who would be happy hereafter must, above all things, find a friend in the world to come. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for being our friend, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for the relationships that you've given us for uh, the love that we can share with each other. Lord, the love that you share with us and we can share with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would, um, Lord, for those, Lord, who don't know you, Lord God, that you would be that forever friend. You would be that person, Lord, who they get welded to, Lord, that you can't separate, that, that nothing can separate. Lord, it's so important, Lord, for us to have that relationship with you. Lord, that relationship is greater than any other one we can have, Lord God. So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that uh, those who don't know you, Lord God, that they will come to know you, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would speak to their spirit, Lord, and, 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 and they would trust you with everything that they have. Lord, I pray for friendships, Lord, that we have uh, here at Living Word Community. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, um, that you would grow, Lord, that you would cultivate those friendships, Lord, that they would be uh, uh, faithful friends, Lord God, not fatal ones. Lord, that they would be loving, Lord, and, and, and confidential, Lord, and, and sharpening, Lord Jesus, and forgiving. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for who you've called us to be as a community. 
Lord, can continue to change us, Lord, and to grow us, Lord, closer to each other and closer to you. Thank you for your goodness, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen.